It's called standing in strength. And uh, I'm going to go to Joshua 1. Tanya's going to flip us on some lights. And I'm powerful right now. All right. Yes. My husband said, yes, you are. All right. Joshua 1.9. Have I not commanded thee? Have I not commanded thee? Be strong and of good courage. Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed. For the Lord thy God is with thee, whithersoever thou goest. We're going to read further, but i got to stop right there for a minute. This is a very important question that he starts out with. Have I, have not I commanded thee? When I was thinking on this, I've always read this differently. I've always read it like, haven't I commanded you to be strong and courageous? But today I read it differently. Have I, have not I commanded you? And this is what God said to me. Is this thing that you're dealing with? that you need strength and courage for. Is this something God has put in my assignment folder? Is this, is this something he commanded me to take on? Okay, let's, let's, let's give an example. If it's, if it's something God has asked me to do, then I should be strong and courageous. God assigned me to be a parent, to be a grandparent. That's a responsibility that is an assignment. God assigned me to be a daughter in, 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 in helping take care of my dad until he went to heaven, to help take care of my mom until she goes to heaven. And, and those are assignments that we're to honor our father and mother and raise our children, whatever it is, be in ministry, uh, whatever that assignment is, has he commanded you to do it? If he's commanded you to do it, then be strong and of good courage and don't be afraid. Because if he assigned you to do it, if, that, if your answer was no, he didn't assign me to do this. This isn't something God asked me to do. Then, then you've got some decisions to make. Because sometimes, quite frankly, we take on things that we weren't supposed to take on. And then we want, to be, we want to have strength to do them. But they, they're, they're not in our wheelhouse. They're not in his wheelhouse. But if the answer is yes, this is something God's called me to do, then we need to read further in this passage. He says, have not I commanded thee? Question mark. Be strong and of good courage. Be strong. Let's, we're going to pick it apart. You ready? Be strong. We think we know what it means. But sometimes if I look up words, I find something I can latch on to. Be strong. Be firm. Be secure. Be sustained. It's what, it's what we need. And the things we just dealt with up here, we need sustaining. Be confident. Be resolute. 
If it's something that I am called to do or I'm asked to do in the scripture, then I need to be resolute about it. Let me tell you where we mess up when we're not resolute, a sign that we're not being resolute. This is what we say. I don't know if I can do this anymore. That's a weakening statement. And if you've been up 10 times with a baby and your mind is tired and your body is tired, watch, watch your words because you've been commanded. If you're taking care of an aging parent, y'all, I, I've talked to so many women over the weekend who are taking care of aging parents. And they're like, nobody prepares you for this. Nobody tells you what to do. You're, you're, you're helping an adult that you honor that has always helped you. And now this table has flopped. Thank you, Mother, for letting me discuss this with people. And none of us really know how to handle it. But yet God says for us to honor our father and our mother. And part of that is their care when they need care. And so you can apply this to so many areas depending on your your age and, and the things that you're dealing with. But we need to be secure. We need to be strong in the fact God Ask me to do this. Therefore, he will give me the strength to do this. And he will. But if we, if we have the, I just don't know if I can do this. I just, I'm not sure if we can do this. I don't know how long I can do this. I don't know how long I can keep this up. I don't, that's not strength. Those are weakening statements. And we are looking for something that infuses us with the strength to do what God has called us to do. Be strong. If he told us to be strong, he's enabled us to be strong. The command or the assignment itself, knowing that it's from God, that in itself should be a strength to me. God asked me to do this. God assigned me to do this. Even in ministry. There's days that, like this weekend, that by the time we got through four, four meetings, and all that leads up to it, and then I did a wedding yesterday out of town, that, and then got up this morning to teach this morning. This morning, I felt like, hmm, I'm just not sure this is for me. I like time alone at home. Quite frankly, without any humans. <laughs> well, you're a pastor, you shouldn't feel that way. You get up and you do it again the next day because he commanded you. Because he called you. Because he appointed you. And that can fit wherever you are. And that in itself... We were sitting here and we were worshiping uh, with the worship team. And the anointing just hit the room and things started going great, wild, 
I loved it. People up here kneeling at the altar, people dancing around. And I, it was just like, I just thought, I could never quit this. <laughs> Suddenly I had energy. Suddenly I had energy. The yoke, the burden of pastoring was just like, boop. It's just, I mean, it's just like that. Why? In the presence. That's where we gain our strength. We know we're assigned to this. We know this is what we're supposed to be doing. And that in itself, it's a strength to us. So he says, be strong. And he says, don't just be strong, but be of good courage. Now, I tried to think. Good courage opposite bad courage. What's bad courage look like? Bad courage looks like, I know I have to do this. And then doing it with timidity. Oh, I'm going to do it. I'm going to get up and teach this morning. Again. I'm going to do another wedding. I'm going to do. I'm going to do. I'm going to go to another ball practice. I'm going to go watch the kids in the play. Good courage. Looks different. Than bad courage. And bad courage is kind of an oxymoron. And I mean, it doesn't really like it. Those words don't even fit together. But I see it as timidity. He hasn't given us the spirit of timidity. But what kind of spirit did he give us? Power and of love and a sound mind. So be of good courage. When I looked it up in the Greek... It meant physically and mentally in, I-N, in courage. Physically and mentally. He's asking us to physically and mentally be found in courage. It means be confirmed. Be established. Be assured. And don't be timid. Don't half-heartedly do things that you're called to do. I know this is for me. And I believe it's for you as well. Be strong and be of good courage. Don't be afraid. Be not afraid. Interesting word. I found this word something that God's been working on me for the last 10 years, 10 and a half years. Since Wade got killed. Don't dread. That's what the Greek said. Don't be afraid. Don't dread. If I'm dreading, I'm fearing. And see, we use dread as kind of a soft word for fear. Don't don't dread. Be strong. Be courageous. I'm fixing to have to do this. this. Our family's fixing to go through this. Uh, I'm fixing to have to go through this with mom, with dad, with babies, with whatever. This is what we're fixing to go through. I'm going to do it with strength, and I'm going to be firm and courageous and assured Amen. and established in it. I will not dread. It also meant, uh, do not be afraid, also meant don't be harassed by fear. Do you know dread is being harassed by fear. It's not a fear. It's an ongoing nagging fear. I'm dreading it. 
Have you ever dreaded anything? It's like it's the thing is out here and you're dreading every day until the moment. You know what I found oftentimes? The dread is worse than the moment. Always compare it to the Jaws music. We got any people old enough in here to remember the movies? The part one, part two, part three, part ten Jaws movies? I mean, it's like leading up to the day. That's dread. It's like, I know that shark's out there somewhere. I don't know where. I don't know when it's going to pop up. I don't know when this thing's going to happen. But I'm going to live in constant fear until it arrives. God wants you to blow up jaws. Right? If you've seen the movie, you know. It's a very spiritual movie. However, I don't recommend watching it before you go to the beach. Shark Week always comes on right before we go on vacation. Don't be afraid. Don't dread. Don't let fear harass you. Neither be dismayed. Ah, these words, y'all. Don't be dismayed. It means don't be broken down. By confusion and fear. I mean, I thought I knew what dismayed meant. Don't be broken down by confusion and fear. Every, every Greek concordance that I went to also used the word shattered. Don't be broken down. Don't be shattered by confusion or fear. Not knowing what to do. I mean... There's just so many things that get involved here. And even sometimes it said, sometimes it carries an element of being ashamed. Don't be dismayed. Be strong. Be of good courage. Don't be afraid. And don't be dismayed. He's telling you, don't be. So if we are... We're going to look at how not to be. We're going to go with strong and courageous and we're going to leave afraid and dismayed in the dust, right? Not be broken down by confusion and by fear. Why? For the Lord thy God is with you wherever you go. I love this. Wherever you're walking, Whatever season of life that you are in right now, if the assignment has been given, then there is an anointing for the season. If it's children, if it's parents. If it's going to college or if it's the career. If it's dating or if it's marriage. If, if the, the calling and the command is from God, then there is an anointing for the season available to us. What is anointing? We use that word. Ability. A God-given ability above our own. If you missed Dylan's message Wednesday night, go online and listen to it. It's under the in-depth tab. Because he taught us about living beyond our ability. I just can't do this anymore. Yes, you can. If, if, if it's within the God wheelhouse 
and you're not stepping out into something that you're not supposed to be in, then there is a God-given ability to do what needs to be done. Whatever that is in the season of life you're in, you're to be strong, secure, confident, resolute, good courage, physically, mentally confirmed, assured, not timid, not dreading, not harassed by fear, strong, courageous, so that you won't be broken down, shattered, by what's in front of you before you ever get there. That's what that scripture says. Because I am is with you. I am is with you. Now look what happened in, now we're down to verse 10. Verse 9 was good, wasn't it? I won't spend as much time on the others. Now look at what happened after God spoke this to Joshua. Joshua was taking over the leadership of the children of Israel. Moses Thy servant is dead. Right? That's what God said. Here you go, Joshua. Moses, thy servant is dead. You're fixing to take over. You're going to lead these people into the promised land. And he gives him this encouraging word. This is your command. This is your season. I have anointed you to do it. I'll go with you every step of the way. When God got through speaking this to Joshua in verse 10, he said, Then Joshua commanded the officers of the people, saying, Joshua, because God spoke to him, then he had the confidence to command the people. He's, he's taking, he's standing in the place that Moses stood. You know, Moses, rod, serpent, rod, serpent, part and water, Moses. It might be a little intimidating. And he might be wondering, how are these people going to follow me after they have been following Moses? They didn't like Moses either, so... I mean, truth be told. But you know, you try to think about what he would be feeling. But God has called him to this place. And this confirmation from God that this is what I've called you to do. This confirmation got him so confident that immediately in the next verse, which was probably pretty close to when God said this to him, Joshua commanded the officers of the people saying, Pass through this host and you command the people. Here we go, delegated authority. But that confidence came from God's given assignment. Saying, prepare you the supplies for within three days you're going to pass over this Jordan. You're going to go in and possess the land which the Lord has given you to possess it. And the Reubenites and the Gadites and, and the tribe of Manasseh spake unto Joshua saying, Remember the word which Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded you saying... The Lord your God hath given you rest and has given you this land. Remember the word. Remember the assignment. Remember the command. That should be a strength that gives you rest. How can an assignment give you rest? That just sounds like effort to me. Like, I got to gear up and get this checked off my list this assignment done because they knew that if God commanded it there should be a rest available with it and this is how we know this is how we know if we're going on our own strength or if we're going off God's strength it has to do with rest anybody else ever been worn out and I realize our bodies get tired even when we're doing things God's way, we need to rest. 
Okay, and we need physical rest. It's, it's part of what God put in our bodies, and it's scriptural. He, he told us that he would give us sleep. He would give us good sleep. I was thinking about just last Sunday, we, were ta- we, we talked about partnering with God. And not doing things on our own. And prayer partnering with God. And then Dylan came along and taught what he taught about living above our, beyond our ability. That we're not alone in this. And this is, this is a trick, a tactic, what, what the scripture calls a wiles of the devil. Is he wants to make us feel alone. Well, I'm the only one. All of this has fallen on me. Nobody else is helping. When we start getting there, folks, we have left the connection. And it's tiring. And we're, we're talking ourselves into being tireder. Tireder? More tired. It's easy to do. When you're tired, it's easy to go down. Dylan said something last week. I think he said it. I wrote it down. Don't be afraid of weakness and tiredness. That just really caught my attention. Don't be afraid of weakness and tiredness. Don't let shame come in because you're dealing like you're feeling with a lot. It's what you do at that moment that's important. It's almost like bells should go off that say, you're on your own. It's time to connect. You've, you've, you've taken too many steps in your, in your own direction. And he used this passage, and I want to I pull it up for today. I go to 2 Corinthians chapter 1. Because this is where we lean into his strength. When we, when we start feeling overwhelmed and tired. I mean, most days I don't need God's strength to help me cook supper. Maybe during ladies agape week. But other than that, most days I don't need God to help me do the laundry. I don't need his strength to help me do the laundry. But there are other things that I need. I need his strength infused. So I I keep the connection. So when that tiredness and weakness starts coming, I go, okay, I'm going to lean in. I'm going to lean into your strength. This is your assignment. And I'm going to make use of that strength that's available to me. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 8. I believe he read it out of the NLT. So that's what I put in New Living Translation. That's what I put in your notes. We think you ought to know, dear brothers and sisters, about the trouble we went through in the province of Asia. We were crushed and overwhelmed beyond our ability to endure. And we thought we would never live through it. In fact, we expected to die. But as a result, we stopped relying on ourselves and learned to rely only on God who raises the dead. I just find this fascinating. Because there is sometimes a pressure in Christian culture to look strong. To look strong. I didn't say be strong. To look strong. Which means you faking it. Which keeps us from asking the body of Christ for help. 
which is supposed to be a support to us. And I'll never forget, I don't even remember what I was going through at the time. I had a loved one that died. It wasn't Wade, it was another, it was further back than that. And I remember a lady that was in the church came up to me and she said, you don't have to be a rock. I thought, oh, I'm looking like a rock. And I don't think it was a compliment. I, I, I've never forgotten it. But you know, you're the preacher's kid, and you're supposed to look a certain way. You go through things, you're supposed to look a certain way. You're the pastor, you go through things. I want you to know I've been through some stuff. And if it had not been for the strength of God, and I know you've been through some stuff, and it had not been for the strength of God. And these are the apostles. And they're not so much in pride that they can't say, we think you ought to know. They're not talking weakness. They're not talking doubt, fear, and unbelief. They're saying we went through this and we thought that we were going to be crushed and overwhelmed beyond our ability to endure. We didn't think we were going to get through it. But as a result, we stopped relying on ourselves and we learned to rely on God. That's where we're going. That's where we're going. And it's okay to go to God and say, okay, I'm pressing in. I'm going to get in your presence. I'm going to receive your strength. I'm going to put your word in. I'm going to believe that it's going to help me with a, a fresh mental attitude. Because when I start getting snappy, I know I need a fresh mental attitude. There is a place I can go and a person I can be with that can change my attitude. But it's my responsibility to recognize it and to go there. That's my part. Just go there. I hear giggling on the front row, probably about my attitude, but we'll just ignore my mom and my auntie. And go on. I remember the Apostle Paul said something. He said, when I am weak, then am I strong. What on earth? That didn't even make sense to the world. But it makes sense to us because when we remember to draw from his strength, we get it. When I am weak, then am I strong. When's then? When I connect to him, when I join up with him, that's in 2 Corinthians 12, 10, if you want to put it in your notes. I love that the Apostle Paul was not ashamed to the point that he didn't say, hey, we got to go to God for strength on this. That he wasn't worried about looking strong. He was concerned more with getting strong, being strong. Because there's just such a difference in looking strong and being strong in us because, I mean, because he is with us. So Heidi covered Matthew 11 uh, during Ladies Agape, but I want to go there. And I realize that we're close to time, but we don't really have a time, do we? Okay, thank you. And if you need to get up and leave, if you've got work or something, I understand. Matthew 11, I'm going to read it to you out of the Amplified. I'm going to start in verse 28 because we, we learned something really special, a real simple word uh, 
from this passage Friday morning from Heidi. It says, come to me. That's it. Come to me. And and she used this word. She defined it this way. Reach out to me. This is Jesus talking. And he said, come to me. Reach out to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden and overburdened. So what we've been dealing with today. Heavy, laden, overburdened. Come to me and I will cause you to rest. Woo! But I don't have time to rest. Oh, there's a place. Sometimes it's not so much about the time as it is the place. I can experience this. I like a good, I like a good massage. And I tell my massage therapist every time I'm in there, if you would just rent out this space to me, like for 20 minutes, you don't even have to do anything. Just the music playing, the lights dimmed, the bed's warm. And it's just quiet. Yeah. It's not about the time. It's about the place. We have to learn to make use of the place we have in him. His words to us, his atmosphere, his presence. If we got 15 minutes on our way to work, it doesn't mean that we need a podcast on. It doesn't mean that we need music on. Maybe that is the right thing at that time. Or maybe you just need to have that rest before you get there, before you have to deal with whatever is there when you get there, just to find that place in him that will cause you to rest. It goes on, it says, I will ease and relieve and refresh your souls. This is from the Amplified. I will ease and relieve and refresh your soul. He will do it. You give him the, you give him the space. You give him that moment, and he will ease and relieve and refresh your souls. So in a nutshell, reach out to me. Grab hold of me. And then Heidi said something amazing right here. She said, substitution is the danger. Jesus said, come to me. When you're worn out, when you're tired, when you're overloaded, Jesus said, come to me. Whatever you're substituting instead of him, that's the danger. Whoo. So what are you using to cope? What are you using to cope or are you even coping? He said, take my yoke. We got rid of yokes this morning. He said, take my yoke upon you and learn of me. For I am gentle and humble in heart. And you will find rest, relief, ease, refreshment, recreation, and blessed quietness for your souls. That's what those words mean. So instead of you yoking up and pulling the weight of this thing by yourself and taking some kind of weird glory out of it, because you're doing it, you're doing all the work. 
We, yoke, we put his yoke on us and we find, not strive for, not worked for, but we find, ah, oh, there it is. Relief, ease, refreshment, recreation, and blessed quietness for my soul. For my yoke is wholesome. It's useful. It's good. It's not harsh. It's not sharp. It's not hard or pressing. But it is comfortable. It is gracious. It is pleasant. And my burden is light and easy to be borne. So what he's called us to do, if it's tormenting, we're, we've got our yoke on and not his. There are so many other things that we go to. But whatever those other things are that we go to, we need to make sure there's not a danger involved. They need to be connected to him. And just like that, it's after 12. Heidi talked to us about a Hebrew word this weekend that I think we all of us ladies attach to. Uh, it was kava. I don't speak, I don't speak uh, Hebrew, but kava. Q-A-V-A-H. And it means to be entwined with him. It's like that rope that has many strands. But the strength is from them being interwoven. And that's, that's how God gives us strength. He wants our lives interwoven. He wants, in, he wants put into your situation. He wants in on your situation. He wants in on you parenting your parents. He wants in on you parenting your children. He wants in on your marriage, on your jobs, on the, the, the things that you, you've committed to at church. He wants in on those things so that you become one and you gain strength from the braids being together. And I thought, man, when I feel unraveled, when I feel emotionally unraveled, like, it's all coming apart. I've let loose of something very important. And that is my asking him to be involved in the situation. And I really wanted to have a video. And I, I, I got this too late to, to have someone do it for me. But I thought about hanging off a cliff. Now, I, I went rappelling one time. Wade was young. I think he was like eight or nine. And and uh, Don and, and uh, Donna Gill took us repelling up in Oark. And I watched my eight or nine-year-old son hanging from a rope on a cliff. I want you to know I'm glad there was more than one strand. Because when you start, when you get up to the top of that cliff and you look down behind you and down, stay with me, babe. I know it's, it's a height, but, and you look down and you step off the cliff, all of your faith is in what you have a hold of. Kava. 
Carver. Oh, let's see. I'm going to have to skip a lot here, but... Isaiah 40, we'll end with it. Verse 28, Has thou not known, King James Version, Hast thou not heard that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, feigneth not, neither is he weary? I don't know, have you heard that? Have you heard that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, feigneth not, neither is he weary? Yes. There is no reaching the depths of his understanding. He knows things. He knows the things that you don't know, that you're worried about, you don't know, that you don't know what you're going to do or how you're going to do or what's going to happen. He knows. Do you not know that he knows? He giveth power to the faint. And to them that have no might, he increases your strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But they that wait, kava. They that wait, those that are intertwined. This is where this word is used, mainly through the book of Psalm. I'm trying to think of which one she used. It wasn't this one. It's this intertwining. It's this strength. They that wait, those that intertwine with him shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They will run and not be. Oh, I just run and all I've done all day is run, run, run. Well, that's great because you're not weary. And you're walking and you're not fainting. If you're waiting with the Lord. I know. Isn't he good? Do you not know? Have you not heard? The everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth. He fainteth not, neither is he weary. And there is no searching his understanding. And he's invited you to intertwine with him for whatever it is you're dealing with. I can step off. I can step off the cliff with that. I can, I can take that step with that. I'm telling you, everybody, go repelling this week. Send me pictures. You will learn so many spiritual lessons. It's it's not natural to be able to step backwards off a cliff, but it takes faith. It's just a matter of what you have faith in. Do you not know? It's just Do you not know that the creator, the ends of the earth, has invited you to intertwine with him? Now when I am weak, then am I... Y'all can stand. I didn't get to say it in the beginning, which is great because Holy Spirit was doing things. Beyond the message, 
But those of you who helped in any form or fashion during Ladies Agape, I just sat here and just listed the ones that I could think of. I mean, just by teams. And there's people in every one of these teams. I want you to know this place was full of women who received strength and encouragement. And, and thank you. Men, women, thank you. Uh, the, my office staff, the muscles that set up the tables, looking for Jeff. Uh, Jeff Humphrey came in and helped. Uh, greeters, you don't know how important that is. I had someone recently tell me, you know, I'm not just talking about assigned greeters. I'm talking about people who talk to people. Who say, come sit with me. This is a beautiful body of Christ. Thank you. The people who worked registration, the, the cooks. Oh my goodness, y'all just don't even know. We had ooey gooey desserts. That's what they were called. We had strawberry, we had pumpkin, we had chocolate, we had pecan, we, we had peanut butter, we had the original, we had, we had so much goo. Oh, you want to talk about making women happy. Give us warm, I mean, the soups were delicious, the the bread that we called the cheese bombs on the inside of them. Oh. Okay, kitchen help. Thank you. Those that served, those that set up the dishes, the, the decor, uh, those that brought in extra snacks for Friday night so the women could eat even more, uh, the worship team, the security team, the cleanup, the kitchen cleanup crew. Can I get an amen from Rachel, wherever she might be? Um, uh, our janitorial staff cleaning both buildings. We have the cleanest restrooms in town. I drive across town to come here. The, the sound people, the projector people, the, I mean, the whole tech team, the prayer team who prayed for us weeks in advance for every, everything that could happen. I don't even know what that says, but whoever it was, I appreciated it. Oh, the ministry assistant team that helped us in the prayer line. I mean... Y'all know how many people this takes? And they, they weren't burdened. They had a God assignment and they came in and they made us feel like they loved every minute of it. Oh, thank you. People were blessed because of it. And it's a lesson to us all, the approach that we need to take, even when we're tired. Amen. Father, we thank you for your presence today. We thank you for the way you ministered to us through that word, through Anna, through that word, through mom. Father, just the music, the atmosphere was just so charged with you saying, hey, I'm here. <laughs> I'm here. I'm available. And we just want to thank you for being that kind of father. Not one that we have to make an appointment with, but one who always says, come, come. So, Father, we thank you that yokes were absolutely destroyed in this place today and that people are going to have rest for their souls. And we'll remember to return to that and not to disconnect from it, but we'll remember that it is available at any given time. We give you praise and we give you glory for what was accomplished today. And the church said, Amen. Amen. See you Wednesday night.